Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We are going to continue our series on indestructible purpose. And here's the question that, that a lot of people ask is, what is my purpose? And when we look at last week, what we discovered was our purpose lies in our identity, which we're going to talk more about today. Say identity. Say it again, identity. But it's not your identity. That's not where we start. We don't start with, who are you? Who do we start with? Yeah, we start with this. Who is Jesus? Who is his identity? And if you follow along with us this week in our, in our daily devotionals and our studies, the focus really being is, who is Jesus? And can I tell you this morning, I know who Jesus is. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. Guys, 2,000 years ago, God became a man and he walked among us. Just Wrap your head around that. The God of the universe who created the stars and the galaxies and, and everything in it, the God of the universe came down and became a human and walked among us. When his friends turned their back on him, it hurt his heart. When he stubbed his toe on a rock, it hurt. Like he was just as human as you and me. When his friends died, he cried. He wept, and he was different than us, though. He was the sinless son of God, right? You know those times, you know those times when you've been tempted to sin, but you don't give in? Remember those times? Yeah, Jesus did that every time. He was tempted to sin every way you were, and yet he never gave in, not one time. He was the sinless son of God. And then he was nailed to a cross and died. Died as a sacrifice for our sins. And the scripture tells us that he who knew no sin was made to be sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. So the, it's an exchange. It's an unfair exchange. We get the sinlessness of Jesus and he takes our sin and gets punished for it. And then he does something even crazier than that. He has a party three days later that he invited everybody to, but nobody showed up at. Well, some showed up, but they weren't showing up to party. They were showing up to mourn. And three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. Think about that. We've been to funerals. We've had our hearts broken as we've sat through the loss of a loved one. But Jesus, three days later, comes back to life. This, this isn't just a story that, that, that we sometimes get too used to. This is something that actually happened. Jesus came back to life. And he walked among his disciples and he taught them. And it was so real to them. Like, was it real? Did it really happen? It was so real that all of his disciples end up dying a martyr's death for saying Jesus is alive. At any moment, they could easily recant it and like, yeah, we just made it up because we wanted a cool story. What did they have to gain by lying about Jesus' resurrection? Nothing. What did they have to lose? Everything. And yet, without fail, they held to the story that Jesus is alive, and they wrote it down. And that's what we have with us today in the Gospels is the account of Jesus' resurrection, and he's alive even today. And guess what? He's coming back again. 
Your purpose doesn't start with you. Your purpose starts with who is Jesus. The name of this series is Indestructible Purpose. And the reason it's indestructible is because your purpose has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Jesus. They tried to destroy him, and guess what? They couldn't. He is indestructible. And his purpose for your life is indestructible. And so this first week, we talked about identity, who is Jesus. And this week, we're going to dive into identity again. But this time, we're going to go a new direction. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Find someone nearby and ask him, who are you? You don't want to do it? Okay, fine. You don't have to play long this morning. It's fine. Uh, I'm Drew. You ever ask someone who they are and they, they tell you their name and then usually what follows up is their occupation? Right? Oh, what do you do? I'm a pastor. I'm a coach. I'm a teacher. I'm a dad. I'm a, like, I'm a, what, it's all the things I do. All the hats I wear. What do you do? What do you do? I'm a plumber. What do you do? What do you do? Who are you? Can I tell you this morning, when we start with doing, we're getting the whole thing upside down. Like, we think purpose lies in doing, right? If I have a purpose, that means I'm doing things. Can I tell you, that's, that's backwards as well. Not, first of all, purpose doesn't start with you. And second of all, it doesn't start with what you do. It starts with who you are. Um, a while back, you might remember, we did a sermon series called The Message on the Mountain. And if you weren't here for that, I invite you to go back. It's, it's online. You can look at that. Um, can I tell you something? When we do things... It doesn't prove anything. Doing by itself doesn't prove anything. How do I know? Let's look in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Well, look, they're doing. They're going to the kingdom of heaven. But look at verse 22. It says, On that day, many will say to me, what will they say? They'll say this. They'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Look, these guys, not only are they doing great things, but they're doing in them in the name of Jesus. They're doing lots of things. Everyone say doing. Verse 23, it says, then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What's crazy is what Jesus is describing here is there's actually a group of people who will be so busy doing things for Jesus, and yet they still don't know who he is. It starts with that identity, who is Jesus? Doing by itself won't get you there until you first understand who Jesus is, but as we're going to talk about today, knowing who you are in Christ. And what, what, what some of us find is this false sense of purpose by being busy, by doing. You're doing and doing and doing and doing. And, and I can tell we can grab onto that false sense of purpose in doing whenever we start to grumble about all the doing that we're doing. Well, do you know how much I do around here? Do you know how much I do for my family? Or do you know 
and we're doing and we're doing and we're doing and it's for some reason it's not providing us with any contentment see that's the thing about purpose when we truly are lying in the purpose of God we feel content because we're in his purpose right there's contentment in the purpose of God but when we're in ourselves and we're so busy doing and we're grumbling I, I found myself doing it this last week I was very upset about a situation at the track they have these giant mats and they're heavy and I don't like them and they needed to be moved and I don't like it and I got a text saying hey can you move these giant mats and I didn't like the text and I was upset about it and I walked out there and I started moving the mats and can I tell you I grumbled the entire time Every, I pick one up and I drag it. And Malachi was there. Malachi, he helped me some. And I had to apologize to him a couple times. I was grumbling. And then the Lord reminded me, hey, who, who are these mats for? It's for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aren't you going to be hanging out with kids, helping them to jump into these mats here in just a couple weeks? Yeah. Isn't this an opportunity for you to have an influence on some students? I guess. And then the Lord said something very profound to me. He said, hey, Drew, shut up. I said, yes, Lord. Stop your grumbling. See, I was doing the thing that I was supposed to be doing it, but I was doing it with completely the wrong heart. I was annoyed. I was frustrated. I forgot. I forgot the purpose in what I was doing because I forgot who I was who am I I'm, I'm a man of God I'm an influencer I'm a positive influence in the lives of students in this community that's part of who I am forgot it completely forgot it can I tell you about another guy who forgot you guys ever heard of Abraham now this is a story that happens in Genesis um, Abraham was Abram and God makes a promise to Abram. Many of you know this story. God makes this promise to Abram. He says, you know what? I want you to move from your homeland to a brand new place, and I'm going to make you a great nation. Sounds good, right? And when Abram gets there with his wife, he's like, all right, I'm supposed to be a great nation. One problem, I don't have any kids. So Abram and his wife come up with this great idea. We'll just make some kids with the servant lady instead of with the wife. Sounds sketchy. Because it is. Let's, God, you gave me the promise, but I'm going to do it on my own. Right? It's time for me to do. And so they have this baby. And then God shows up. And uh, we can look in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 17. That's way towards the front of your Bible. In fact, the word Genesis means beginnings. And in Genesis chapter 17, let's look at verses 3 through 7. It says this. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. 
I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. I'll make you into nations. And kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. Sounds pretty awesome, right? He's saying, all right, now it's time for me to actually change your identity. No longer are you Abram, but you're Abraham. And Abraham means father of many nations. So now when Abraham walks up to people, he starts introducing himself as, hi, my name's father of many nations. That was his identity that God changed it to. One problem, he and his wife have how many kids? Zero. But Abraham doesn't think that's a problem because remember, he already had a kid with another woman. And that's what he tells God. He goes, hey, you know, God, this isn't going to be a problem at all because I've already got a kid with the servant. And God's just like, no, nah, we ain't doing that. But, but I was doing things, God. I was, I was doing the stuff. And that us sometimes we're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the stuff God tells me to do. Like, I'm going to get on it. But he's not in it. But then God changes his identity and says, no, now you're going to be the father of many nations. And the seed's coming through your wife. Your offspring's coming through your wife. And, and that's unbelievable because they were old. And they were like, how is this going to happen? And God's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of my part. You be faithful your part. And then they have a son. What we see in Scripture time and time again is God will shift your identity or declare your identity before you do. And we don't want to get that backwards. In our culture, we try to do to prove who we are. I find myself doing it sometimes here or at school or whatever. Sometimes we do it in our relationships with our spouse. I'm going to prove I'm a good spouse by doing a bunch of stuff. No. Just be a good spouse, and then you'll do good stuff. Don't get it flipped. Don't get it reversed. You have nothing to prove. Just be who God says you are. Listen to him. Everyone say, listen. That's the big key is to listen. We have to listen for the voice of the Lord. This happened to Jesus over in Matthew chapter 3. Jesus had not yet done one miracle. He had not yet preached one sermon. And he goes to his cousin and he gets baptized. And as he's getting baptized, the father speaks. You know what he says? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He declares the identity of Jesus. He says, this is my son and I'm well pleased in him. What had Jesus done at this point? Nothing, nothing recorded. And yet for some reason, the Lord chose to say this at the beginning of Jesus ministry, not at the end. He says, let me tell you how you're going to start. You're going to start off as my son in whom I'm well pleased. The same is with Abraham. You are the father of many nations. Well, I don't have any kids yet. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you your identity, and you need to walk in it. But you know what that takes? It takes a lot of listening. It takes a lot of listening. The reality is we have to know our identity in Christ before we do anything. If you don't know who you are in Jesus... 
you'll get things backwards and messed up and you'll screw things up. Turn with me to John chapter 5. I'm not sure I'll, I'll read this, but at least you'll know where it is when you read it later this week. I love this story because did you know in Jesus' day there was a lot of people who were really, really all about the doing, right? The religious leaders of Jesus' day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these Pharisees and these Sadducees, all these religious leaders, they were all about the doing. Let's keep the law. That's what the Old Testament has, all this law, all these rules you have to keep. And if we keep all these rules, we're doing all the right things, Lord. Let's do and do and do some more. And, and Jesus, he's like, listen, guys, you know how we know it's not about the doing as well? Think back to the message on the mountain. What did Jesus say? He said, you think... You think adultery is when you sleep with someone that's, that you're not married to. That's what you think adultery is. Now, is that adultery? Sure. But Jesus said, let me up the ante a little bit. If you look at a woman with lust in your heart, that's actually adultery. You think it's just this external doing thing. Well, I haven't slept with anybody that I'm not married to, so I'm not an adulterer. And God's looking at you going, yeah, right. I mean, that's, that's part of what we were dealing with this morning, right? Because we realized that this morning. A lot of us were like, you know what? I don't want to be an adulterer anymore. I want to have freedom in Jesus Christ. And some men got free this morning. Amen? You can do all the right things on the outside and everything still be wrong on the inside. Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. Or was it Paul? One of those guys. In John chapter 5, some of you know this story. There's a guy who, uh, he's, he's paralyzed. He'd been paralyzed for 38 years. And he's laying by this pool. And he, the angel Lord will come and stir up the water. And the first one to jump in the pool gets healed. As the story goes. And Jesus sees this guy. He's like, why aren't you uh, jumping in the water? He's like, you know, I'm, I can't get in the water fast enough. Look at verse 5. It says, now that day was the Sabbath day, so the Jews, uh, excuse me, let me back up. That's not verse 5. I'm not in verse 5. Verse 6, when the man, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had been there a long time. He said to him, do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed. And he took up his bed, and he walked. Does anyone see a problem with this? I don't. A man who is paralyzed is walking. You know what we should be? Excited. One problem. 
the Jews had this rule about the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath, like nothing. And carrying your bed on the Sabbath, that's work, and work's a no-no on the Sabbath. Look at verse 9. It says, now the day was a Sabbath, so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walked. These guys don't get it. Like to you and me, it's like, okay, yeah, healing, that's amazing. They were so concerned with doing the right thing, they missed the entire point. Can I tell you, sometimes we as people, we get so bent on doing the right thing that we miss what we're actually supposed to be doing because we think it's about the doing. When the Lord is doing an entirely different work, but we're over here just trying to do and do. God, look, I'm looking busy. I'm, I'm casting out demons in your name, and I'm healing the sick, and I'm, I'm doing all this, and I'm serving in the food ministry, and I'm, and I'm driving the vans, and I'm all the things we do. And the Lord's like, yeah, you're doing, but I'm actually moving over here. Now, can God use all those things? Yes, he can. We, we need to do those things, but that's another sermon for another week. The reality is if you're doing the right thing, but you're not doing it for the right reason, you're not doing the right thing. There has to be a passion and purpose in your heart, but it comes from not from the doing, but knowing who you are in Christ and Jesus knew who he was, right? This is what he says later on. He says to these guys, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. Remember Jesus' identity? What did he say his identity was? The father said, this is my son. And Jesus said, you know, I'm a son, so only do what I hear the father tell me to do as a, as a son. Did you know you're sons and daughters of the king? But do you really realize that? Or how many times we're in the middle of the doing, we get so caught up in the doing, we forget the why behind the doing. Because we forget who we are. Here's my question. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you in Christ? Worshiping, will you join me? Last week, we talked about who is Jesus. This week, the question's pretty simple. Who are you? And, and let's pause here because when we're talking about purpose and we're doing all these purpose studies and things like that, if you go to the store, you'll, you'll, you'll find these inventories of like, who do you think you are? Let's talk about who you think you are. Who do you think you are? Can I, can I tell you, it, it doesn't matter who you think you are. It only matters who Jesus thinks you are. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks you are or who they think you are. Because that, that's heavy on us sometimes, right, is the opinions of others and who they say we are. But the reality is 
one thing, one of those, who am I in Jesus? Who am I? So this is my challenge for us today. Is to take this week and pause this week to listen. Everyone say listen. Listen. You guys know about listening, right? You ever, you ever tell your kids to go do something? You said it, but they didn't hear it, right? And some of you, you can, you can quote to me all the scriptures about who God says you are, and, and you know it, but, but you don't know it. You're just like your kid. You heard it, but you didn't hear it. The Lord is saying to listen. Here's my question. Are you doing out of your identity in Christ? Do we have to do things? Absolutely, yes. But are we doing out of our identity in Christ? Or are we doing just to be doing? Can I tell you, the, where we're headed as a church is this, this season of going on mission. We're reaching people for Jesus, but do you realize we're not doing it because we're like, oh, we need to we need to grow this church or we need to, you know, pastor said we need to baptize 200 people. No. We're doing it because of who Jesus is and who we are in him. Who are you? Will you bow your head? First things first. We have to be His. If you do not know Jesus as Savior and Lord, this morning's the morning for you to surrender your life to Him. So you can say, I am in Christ. You can't know your identity in Christ unless you are in Christ. And this morning we invite you to come and surrender your life to Jesus who paid for your sin by his death on the cross. Second, if you find yourself spinning your wheels, doing and doing and doing, this morning the call is for you to pause this morning, pause this week, take a step back from the doing to understand who you are. Who does God say you are? What is your true identity? It's not your job. It's not your occupation. It's not even being a parent, a son, or a daughter. Your identity is in Christ and in Christ alone. You are His. You are His son or daughter. You are not what you do. You are His. I want us to take just a moment this morning and pause. I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me who I am in you. Show me who I am in you.